0: Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen.
1: Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Exodus, chapter two. We'll get there in just a few minutes. So just hold it open to our text. This morning, I wanna talk to you for the next few minutes about being discarded, thrown in the ditch, passed over, deemed unredeemable, discarded. When we look at the word discarded, it actually means to get rid of. No longer useful, and in parentheses that that definition says to someone or something. No longer useful to someone or something. Or desirable, no longer desirable. There are synonyms for discarded. Those synonyms are rejected, abandoned, dropped, throwaway, dismissed. It's a terrible thing to be discarded. There are many, many, many in our churches and in our society who feel like they've been thrown in the ditch of life. They feel like their mistakes cannot be redeemed. They're discarded, they're broken, they're useless, they're unwanted. For many of us, that's our story. If you're new here today, you don't know this, but the folks who come regularly do. I grew up in western Oklahoma to a very, very poor farmer family. And when I was growing up, we didn't have money for anything but the bare necessities. I can remember wearing hand-me-down clothes and hand-me-down shoes. Didn't think anything about it because that's all I had. And I can remember the times when I would long for things that my friends in Fairview had, that I never had. And anytime we went to Fairview, which it wasn't that often because we had to be aware of how much gas we're putting in that old pickup, to get there, even though it was only a quarter a gallon, it still was costly. And on the way to Fairview, we'd sit in the back of the pickup, and we'd look in the bar ditches, put up that slide please, Jada, Highway 60. Look in the bar ditches of Highway 60 from Fairview, moving, or from where we live, 17 miles west, going back into town. And in those bar ditches, we'd be looking for something that was redeemable, something that would bring us cash money. Something that we could trade in for something else of value. So we began looking for pop bottles. And there's a slide of those pop bottles. We found all different kinds. Even Dr. Pepper's up there. Can you imagine that? We'd look for those pop bottles and pick them up because they were worth three cents a piece. They were redeemable. They were something to bring cash into our pockets. And our hope was always, our goal was always that we'd find enough pop bottles... So that when we got to Fairview, we could take them to the grocery store. And that grocer would trade us those pop bottles at three cents a piece for a full bottle of ice cold Coke. For a full bottle that was refreshing, that we looked forward to. It was a treat. It was something unusual, something we didn't have in our normal everyday life. It was just too expensive. And when we were able to trade those things in... That bottle of pop, soda, Coke, whatever you call it. We felt overwhelming joy because now we had a treat that we didn't get very, very often. I've come this morning to tell you there's a lot of folks, some sitting in this room, some online. Some that will watch today, some that will watch in the future. A lot of folks who've been thrown in the ditch, discarded. You messed up. Somebody else messed up and it affects your life. And you've been thrown into that ditch and passed over. I've come to tell you today, you are not useless. You are not discarded. You are not of no value. Because the king of the universe has said, I love you, I care for you, and I've made a way for you out of that ditch. You don't have to walk through life being discarded. For many of us, when we begin to tell the story of our life and we talk about our brokenness, how we've been discarded, it's more like a nightmare than a dream. You know, when you're young, you have dreams of what your life is going to be like, but then life happens. And suddenly you look back and you realize, this was a nightmare that I had to walk through. Sometimes of my own making, sometimes due to someone else. And we find ourselves discarded, thrown in the ditch. Labeled by others and, listen to me, often by the church, useless, no value, unredeemable, broken, beyond repair. In some cases, we ourselves destroy our God-given destiny. We refuse to believe that there is a way out of the ditch. We refuse to believe there is a way to remove that label and find a new life in Christ. I'm talking to folks in this room today because Paul wrote in Romans 11, verse 29, the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. What does that mean? It means that even if you've been discarded, even if you've derailed your life, God still has a plan for you. And if He called you once, that calling is still in effect. It does not vaporize or pass away. One more thing. God's never surprised by our errors, by our sins, by our mistakes. That's why He made grace available to us after we come to Him to continue to walk in that place of forgiveness and restoration and renewal. Stop saying, I'm of no value. Because the gifts and the calling of God are still upon your life. You just need to get out of the swamp, get out of the ditch, get out of the tall grass so you can see the light of the kingdom one more time and God can infect and invade your life. Broken. alien, would you come please? When we look at scripture, there's a number of accounts in scripture that we could point to that describe what I'm talking about. People that have made errors. People that have sinned. People that were thrown into the ditch and discarded. Moses may be one of the best examples of that very thing. So before we read our text this morning, I want you to listen to the words of this song. It's entitled, Before I Knew Jesus. The words say, no redemption for my failures. No such thing as a second chance. Before I knew Jesus, the good was never good enough. But he set me free. He set me free. Before I knew Jesus, all I knew was my shame. Unloved was my life story. Unworthy was my name. I had no future, just a long broken past. But I'm standing here today to say, Jesus changed all that. Come on, listen to it as Haley sings. description of every one of us before I knew Jesus. But the good news is, He has come that we might have life in that everlasting. He has come that we might have life in that more abundantly. He has come that we might be free, delivered, walking in His grace and His mercy. May I tell you that when we come to a service like this and the Spirit of God descends upon us, we should never leave the same. I'm going to meddle just a bit before I read our text today. See, the habits that we carried in should have fell off. The addictions that we have been struggling with should be broken in the presence of God. Our fear, our uncertainty, our shame should dissipate and vanish in the presence of the living God. Why do we walk out just like we came in? Because we don't get it. God is a God of redemption. God is a God that brings transformation into our hearts and into our lives. Sometimes, even with our giving, we get so tight-fisted because we're afraid of tomorrow. So we restrict the blessing of God flowing through our lives because we won't be open with Him. Look at our text this morning, Exodus chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown... That he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. The backstory: story is the Israelites had been in Egypt for 400 years. They went there under Joseph as a means of salvation because they were starving to death in Israel. So they all moved to Egypt, the land of Goshen it says. And they begin to prosper and multiply, so much so that the Egyptian Pharaoh said, we've got to get these guys under control. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to kill every male child under two years old. That edict went across the land. And most of the Hebrews submitted to that. But Moses' mother said, uh-uh, I'm not going to let you evil empire kill my son. And so she hit him at the edge of the Nile River in the bulrushes, it says. And one day the Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe, and she heard a baby crying. She found Moses in that little makeshift raft, so to speak. And she had compassion on him, took him to her and made him her own son, and made his own mother his nursemaid. It's amazing what God can do, amen? Even when nations and rulers are operating against him, there is still a God that can penetrate and pierce the darkness and bring hope, redemption, and salvation. Listen, it was Moses' destiny from the moment he was born to be the deliverer of Israel. To take them out of slavery, to take them out of bondage. And now we see he's a grown man. Scripture says he went down to visit his brother, and It's talking about the Hebrews who are now slaves in Egypt. And he saw an Egyptian beating one of his Hebrew brothers. So let's pick it up again. Verse 11. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. Now listen, if what he did was right, he wouldn't have looked around to make sure nobody was watching. If what he did was right, he wouldn't have had to hide his action and the result of the action. Somebody here, you need to hear me. If you're hiding things, that's not right in the sight of God. God brings clarity. God brings light. God brings exposure, just as He did in this case. He hid the Egyptian in the sand. Verse 13, and He went out on the second day, the very next day. And two Hebrew men were fighting. He said to the one who did the wrong, He said to the one that started the fight, is what that means. He said to the one who did the wrong, Why are you striking your companion? Then he said, excuse me, why are you striking your companion? Then he said, talking about the guy that was beating the other one, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. He hid it, thought he got away with it, but the very next day it came to light. He thought no one was watching, no one was seeing, when in fact, his own brethren, the Hebrews, saw what he did. He thought he was delivering them, helping them, but in fact, he made their life harder. Verse 15, when Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian and sat down by a well. When Moses realized that his actions were unlawful, his actions were punishable by death, he ran. He ran. And so many times that's when we do as well. When our sin is exposed, we take off like a jackrabbit. You're not going to catch me. You may call me names. You may talk about me. You may blow up social media about me, but you're not going to catch me because I'm out of here. I'm gone. He went as far as he could. He went to Midian, the backside of the deserts. Then look at me, chapter 4, verses 10 through 12. Moses has been there for 40 years. You know the story. God appeared to him in a burning bush that didn't burn. Told him, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. And then reminded him his destiny was to be the deliverer of Israel. And what happened with Moses? He's just like you and me. He made excuses. I can't do that. I'm not able. I'm not equipped. I don't speak well. I'm not eloquent. I don't have any power. I don't have any authority. I can't do it. Somebody in this room today and somebody online today has said that a hundred times to God. I can't do it. Do you know what God's saying to you today? Get off out of that place. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Stop the pity party and get back in the fight. Get back in the fight. Exodus 4:10 through 12, God's talking to him. Then Moses said to the Lord, "O my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. The Lord said to him, "Who's made man's mouth? Who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, the blind? Have not I the Lord? Go, and I will be your mouth and teach you what you should say. What a mandate. Just go do what I told you to do, and I'll give you the words, and I'll show you how to do it. Every objection that Moses had and every objection that you and I have is contained and overcome in that one verse. Go, and I'll tell you what to say, and I'll tell you what to do. Go, and I'll give you authority and power. Get up out of the ditch and do something for the kingdom. Moses had been discarded, rejected by others. And as a result of his own sin and brokenness, he put himself in the ditch. He said, I'm useless. I'm valueless. No one can use me or value me again. He was convinced that God couldn't or wouldn't want to use him. So he went where he thought he was out of sight. So many people, when mistakes happen in their lives, leave the very place where they can find help. Leave the very person who can bring hope and redemption. Leave the very offer and opportunity and invitation to come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Forget that John said in 1 John 1 night, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We run from the very one who can help us. We run from the church as well. And sometimes that's justified because, folks, we often don't treat people very well who've messed up. We often shoot our wounded in the head rather than care for them and bring them back to life. God help us. God forgive us. So I'm asking you this morning are you broken? Are you discarded? Is your heart broken? Is your faith broken? Is your confidence broken? Is your hope broken? Is your trust broken? If so, I've got a word for you today. Church and society treats brokenness as something that's ugly. Something that should be hidden, covered over, forgotten about. And we shove the broken, the discarded out of the way. Where we never have to see them again. But Psalm 34 has a different word for us in verse 17. The psalmist wrote these words. That God is close to those who are broken hearted and crushed in spirit. Oh friend, hear me. He's not pushing you away. You're running from Him. And when you admit your brokenness and come back to Him, it says very clearly, God is close to those who are broken hearted and crushed in spirit. When we're broken, God's the closest. I don't think you got that. I said when we're broken, God's the closest. When we deem ourselves useless, God is near. Listen, God didn't leave you, you left Him. He didn't run away because of your sin or your failure, you ran away. And it's time to turn around and run right back to Him. Turn around and find help and hope in Jesus Christ. God is close to those that are broken, crushed in spirit. If there's distance between us and God, It's our fault, not his. And it's only remedied through repentance and forgiveness. Our brokenness should always bring us closer to our master. I need help. Will you help me? I need you to instill hope in me. Can you give me that? The first indication of God talking to Moses, listen to this, was after he was broken. There is no record in scripture of God speaking to Moses prior to the sin he committed in murder. No record at all. There's no record of God speaking to Moses until 40 years had passed in that desert, tending sheep. No record. But in his brokenness, in his uselessness, in the fact that he was discarded, passed over, of no value to someone or something, God reached out to him. And God began to speak to him. And when we see that, God is saying to us today, it's time to get out of the ditch. It's time to stop wearing the label of broken, discarded, cast off, thrown away. Because we can either allow our brokenness to drive us from God. Or we can allow our brokenness to draw us to God. And for those of you that have already put yourself in the ditch, you don't have to stay there. There's hope, there's redemption, there is a way out through Jesus Christ. Your story may be one of brokenness. But that doesn't have to be the last chapter. Oh, come on, somebody hear me. Your story may be one of brokenness, but that doesn't have to be the last chapter of your life. You can allow God to rewrite it and write the ending that brings honor and glory to Him and hope and redemption to you. The psalmist declared that not only does our brokenness attract God and draw Him closer to us, but it also activates God in our life. Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. How much clearer can it be? He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. Brokenness doesn't have to be fatal. And brokenness doesn't have to be final. Listen, somebody needs to hear this. Do not put a period where God put a comma. I'm going to say that again. Do not put a period where God put a comma. There are times in our life when because of our brokenness, God pauses us to heal us, to restore us, to renew us. But it's not forever. He still has something for you to do. You can be healed. And the good news is that our brokenness causes God to activate, to act on our behalf. It causes the spirit of God to come to us and bring hope into our lives. Listen, God is in the business of redemption. God is in the business of taking the discarded and breathing life and hope and trust and peace and grace and mercy into them every day. Well, I've been there. I've been in that ditch. How many of you have been in that ditch where you were discarded? Just raise your hand. Let me see it across this room. You were thrown away. You were deemed of no value. You're useless to anyone or anything. I've got news for you. Even if you're still there, there's hope in Jesus Christ. There is a way out and a way through. If you'll recognize your brokenness, if you'll admit your brokenness, if you'll admit the fact that you've been discarded, God will flow into your life. Because God is in the business of mending, redeeming, patching, rebirthing, renewing, and restoring broken people. That's his desire. Your brokenness is not the final word. Moses killed an Egyptian. Ran for his life the next day. Spent 40 years doing what he wasn't supposed to be doing. But there came a time when God said, Moses, you've been stopped long enough. Moses, you've been out here long enough. Moses, it's time for you to get up and walk in the power of God and go bring your people out of slavery. Moses' response was, I can't. I'm scared. No one will listen to me. The Pharaoh that was ruling when Moses committed the murder died. So the new Pharaoh had no knowledge of his action. It's amazing. God knows the right moment in your life to bring you out of the ditch and bring you back into the kingdom of God. The right moment when you will be received. We recognize our brokenness rather than wallow in it or to give up because of us. Because of us, God will heal that brokenness. See, listen, the gospel is woundedness healed, not woundedness avoided. You need to hear that. The gospel of Jesus Christ is woundedness healed, not woundedness avoided. So when we bring our hurts, our brokenness, our wounds to him, He administers the balm of Gilead. He brings the spirit of peace. He brings hope and renewal and trust into our lives. He tells us that today is better than yesterday. That your future is intact. That my destiny is over. Oh, somebody get it in your heart. The gospel is a gospel that woundedness is healed. Not woundedness avoided. Why is it then that we tend to not deal with the very thing that God is trying to heal in our lives. We put on our Sunday clothes. We paste a smile on our face. We come waltzing in. Hey, everything is great. I have no issues. I have no problems. We refuse to address the very thing that's keeping us broken. The gospel is woundedness healed, not woundedness avoided. Tom, would you come back, please? Please. Write this down. Remember, brokenness doesn't equal uselessness. By the way, the outline for this message are on the app. You can follow over there. Brokenness doesn't equal uselessness. Brokenness in our society and often in the church is thrown away and discarded. But in the kingdom, oh hear me, in the kingdom, what is broken? God heals. And God works through brokenness to make us pliable. That's why I love that song. That song called Gold, the last one they did in worship. It's in the fire God sees the gold. Do you understand what that's saying? It's when the pressure is on our life, when we're being refined, God sees the gold in us, the good in us. What it can mold and shape and transform and use for Him. Oh, come on folks, stop running from God and run to Him. Run to Him. God works through brokenness. I mean, think about it for just a moment. Jesus had the loaves and the fish they were not nearly enough to feed 5,000 men. But the Bible says he took it, he blessed it, and he broke it. It's in the brokenness that God does mighty things. It's not in our arrogance. It's not in our pride. It's in our brokenness that God does mighty things. Broken men distributed those loaves and fishes. And broken men took up 12 baskets full of leftovers. Broken men who at the start said, "We we don't have enough money to feed these folks, not even to give each one of them a bite of bread. But Jesus broke the bread, broke the fish, fed 5,000 and felled those 12 who thought it couldn't be done as well. He works through brokenness. It takes broken soil to produce a crop. If you just throw the seed on the top of the ground, the bird's going to get it. It's not going to sprout and bring life. It's broken soil that produces a crop. Do you understand that when we break the soil of a field preparing it for planting, We turn over everything that's on the top we bring fresh soil that has been watered to the top and then we place that seed four to six inches in the ground because we understand when the soil is broken and the seed is planted when the pressure of the soil begins to work on that seed It's going to sprout and when it sprouts four to six inches under the ground, you can't even see it It begins pushing life up through that broken soil and that life breaks through the broken soil and That life produces a harvest a fruit something that you can see and say look what God has done Look what God has done in my life It's in our brokenness it's in our broken clouds that God brings rain. It's in broken grain that God brings bread. It's in broken bread that gives us strength. It's that broken alabaster box that rises, has a sweet perfume in the knowledge of God. See, it's in the breaking. Peter denied Christ three times and wept, and wept bitterly thinking his life was over, thinking he had just return, wasted three years. But it's in the brokenness that the power of God rises. It's in the brokenness. We're lying in the ditch, discarded, that God can raise us up with power and might to do the work that he's called us to do. Remember this, the greater the breaking, the greater the potential for God to use us. What man discards, God destines. What man discards, God destines. Some of you are afraid because you're damaged, you're broken goods, you're discarded, you're in the ditch, you walk with a limp, you're useless, used up, broken. But I want to encourage you from Moses' life today, that God uses our brokenness to do great things first corinthians chapter 1 verses 27 through 29 paul wrote instead god chose the things considered foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful the base things of this world the things which are despised god has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence you see it's in our brokenness that God comes in and it's not us who pulls ourselves up by our bootstraps and get out of the ditch it's the power of God that flows in us and through us that changes our thinking changes our attitude changes our habits gets us out of the ditch puts it dresses us up puts us in clean clothes and tells us to march into the kingdom of God it's in our brokenness Our brokenness, listen, you got to catch this. I hope you can see this word picture. In brokenness, there are cracks and there are gaps that occur. In brokenness, it appears to be a fractured item. But through those cracks and through those gaps, God's light shines like a mighty force. Well, hear me, folks. You don't need to stay in the ditch. It's time to allow God to shine through your brokenness. Often, though, we hide our brokenness and we hide God as a result. Our brokenness makes it possible for God to break out through our lives. For God to be seen in us. It's not our strength He's looking for. It's our weakness He's looking for. It's our brokenness he's looking for. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, the Apostle Paul, after saying, I prayed three times for this thorn in the flesh to be removed, heard the word of the Lord. He said, but he said to me, speaking of Holy Spirit, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest on me. Oh, come on, if you're broken in this room, it's time for you to stand up and declare, I will allow my life to be broken so that the light of God should shine through me, so that His power and His strength are seen in my life. Stop hiding it. So you realize that often the outward breaking, what happens to break us in our life, then causes an inward breaking. Causes our soul, our spirit to be broken as well. And in that moment, God comes in. If we let him. Moses took matters in his own hand. Moses murdered an Egyptian. He operated in judgment. He operated in anger. But the outward breaking, him running for for his life because of fear, the outward breaking produced an inward breaking that allow God to use him. He was able to move past what he had done 40 years previous and step into what God had him that day, that moment, that time. Often brokenness is necessary to break off things so he can break out in our life. Inward issues often are not dealt with unless there's an outward breaking. We think, I can handle it. I got it. It's not a big problem. It's not a big deal. But God's saying, you need to let me break that off of you. So that my light will shine in you and through you. Inward issues usually are not dealt with unless there is an outward pressure breaking us. We never talk to someone. We never confess. We never go to the altar until we're broken outwardly. Until it's evident and obvious to those around us, we have really messed up. Don't despise brokenness. Don't fear brokenness. It's actually needed for God to shine through our lives. A.W. Tozer wrote these words. It's doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has been broken deeply. For he brings us through these tests as preparation for greater use in the kingdom. And you must pass the first test first test is when you're broken do you run towards him or do you run away from him gene edwards said it this way god has a university it's a small school few enroll even fewer graduate in god's school of submission and brokenness there are few students why because all listen to me all who are in this school must suffer But the path to graduation, the path to greatness, the path to your destiny lies in your brokenness before God. If you're broken, then you're in a place where God can do amazing things in your life. If you're broken, it's time to get out of the ditch and let God use you. Stand across this place nobody's bowing their head or closing their eyes because we need to let our brokenness be obvious to those around us if you're in this room today if you're watching online this morning your brokenness needs to be revealed because in that revelation you draw closer to God and God begins to shine through the gaps and through the cracks and through the mess you made of your life to prove his glory, his honor, his grace, his mercy. And to prove you are not useless. You are not discarded. You're not going to stay in the ditch. You are going to be redeemed. You're valued. You're of great work. And he has a plan for your life. So as Tom begins to sing, if I talk to you this morning, you may say, well, I'm a believer. I don't want to respond. Good grief, believers are broken to or maybe you never asked Christ to come into your life. Never ask him to forgive you of your sins, to change you, to take away the brokenness, to redo you, res- redeem you, restore you. Then you come as well. Tom, sing it out. As he sings, you begin to come. I'm going to pray for you this morning. And we're going to believe God for a supernatural touch in your life. If you're broken, come right now. Come. Let's let God minister to you
0: made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sherer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7.00 plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.